It's time for another episode of Healthcare Technology. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's Friday again. It's time for Tech Talk. I'm Brad Koss, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, buddy, it's Friday again. How are you doing? Brad, Friday seems like it's happening. <laughs> every day of the week. Every other day. <laughs> every other day, it's a Friday. <laughs> it does. It seems, it sure seems that way, doesn't it, man? We're it just, does. our Fridays seem to be slammed together, and it's you and I every day, it feels like. It's awesome, though. I love it. Yeah. Hey, I know How you're- How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good. I know you're traveling today and, and having yeah. a good time. If everybody could see, you could see that there is, Jay is against this lime green wall. I think it is. And yeah. uh, his, if you'll remember from a previous episode, we teased him about his poodle hair. Listen, <laughs> it is serious poodle hair against the lime green wall, guys. We we have got to find him and make an intervention for a haircut at some point. <laughs> time, guys. All your friends out there, help me, email me. Let's Let's do an intervention on Jay and a, and a haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to get cut at some point. I just have no idea when, Brad. But the universe will, uh, <laughs> universe will let us know, my friend. <laughs> For, uh, every day is Friday. It's sort of like Groundhog Friday day. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, listen. So, Brad, we, we got a kick-ass guest. We yeah. do have a great guest. Yeah, somebody that you've had a long relationship with. I've heard you talk about him over the last few years. I've been reading about his website, and why don't you lead us in and introduce him to our guests? Yeah, I'm super excited. So today we have Ryan Comio. Ryan, what's up, brother? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I, I love the hair. And you know what? If you go Thank a little you. longer, you'll be able to tie that back. You know, it'll, it'll be a great look for you. But just Thank happy you. to be here, Jay. Oh. Yeah, happy to be here with you, with you guys. Or a man Thanks, bun. Brother. I could see Jay with a man <laughs> bun, couldn't you? Oh, 100%. 100%. I can tell you, there's no man bun happening. A I curly, promise you. Okay. That's curly, one thing I can promise. A curly I was man testing bun. You. <laughs> I was just testing you, Jay. I, I might do sure something you ridiculous. You, but I just, just not a man sure bun. you wouldn't go down that road. No way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So, man, it's great to have you on the show. I'll, I literally will never forget the time that I met you. Um, I saw you at Parker. You were you were speaking on a stage. You were you were talking about you know this really cool technology that you had built uh, around markerless three D imaging of patients to to really get to um, a much more accurate way to measure human movement. And I remember listening to you. I was like, this dude is smart. Uh, he knows his stuff. And he's built an amazing company. Uh, and in fact, it's super cool because Brad, I, I just told you, you know, before we started, you know, we just started implementing Kinetosense this past week. So um, it's been a long time coming, but we were super excited about it. And we actually just used the equipment for uh, a professional soccer team here in Maryland to evaluate their movement, understand the risk of injury, um, and the docs loved it. So it was it was a great, great event. But, but Ryan, let, let's get to it. Let, let's um, let's hear a little bit about it. I mean, I know a lot about your background, but do me a favor. Tell the audience kind of, you know, you're a chiropractor. Tell us, you know, how, how your how your professional career kind of evolved, what your journey was all about. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And and so, so happy to hear that you guys have the technology set up and, and uh, you know, you're, you're able to implement it. It's uh, it's kind of a game changer for a I'm clinic and, and, and for for clinicians in general. But you know, also for the patients, right? And and that's one of the things that you know we'll we'll chat a little bit about is how how can this data 
really help our clinics, really help to promote us as practitioners and, and show the difference that we make. But what kind of impact does this type of technology and data have on the patient? And that's, yeah. that's the one piece that I think a lot of us forget about. Uh, so I guess to answer your question, you know, I, I, it's been a journey. It's been a journey for me to, to as I went through, you know, uh, undergraduate studies and, and um, I actually played NCAA hockey. So I was an NCAA hockey player and played way up in Alaska and, uh, and really started that journey wanting to get into something that was sports medicine related and in a career that was sports medicine related. So, you know, doing my undergraduate in sciences and starting to get that, that foundational uh, education um, and uh, but really had a really had this love for sport, for human biomechanics, for performance, for injury rehab. Uh, that was always something I wanted to do. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit after a bunch of injuries that I had and uh, while I was playing and seeing different types of practitioners, I just felt that, you know, there was this lack of, 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 of uh, uh, objective analysis that was going on. And I was getting different feedback from different types of practitioners, whether I was seeing a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or, an, you know, an ATC. ATC, or, right. Yeah. Don't forget about those ATCs, man. They're, they're critical. I love right? ATCs. They're, yeah. they're phenomenal. Yeah. I love ATCs. They're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. But, yep. but I was always getting assessed differently, even if it was for the same condition. And I was always getting different feedback, whether it was like a joint by joint approach, whether they were like, you know, honing into my knee pain, if I had a knee issue or, and I had a lot of injuries when I was playing sports, or if it so was, or, is you're soft. Was, is that, is that it? You're soft? A little bit soft, a little <laughs> bit soft. I was a goaltender. So I was very, I had to contort my body in a lot of different positions. Okay, that's that were very that's natural. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. Or whether it was a practitioner that took a global approach and, and said, you know what? Your knee pain is coming from your hip. Uh, you know, you know how we've evolved, right? You know how, you know, yeah. as practitioners, we've evolved thanks to, you know, SFMA, FMS, and uh, some of these, some of these other groups. So then going and finishing my degree in the university at the University of Alberta, which is in Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Alberta, um, Canada. And I had the opportunity to work and, and see the Vicon labs. And these are these, these are these amazing systems that allow us to analyze three-dimensional motion, but you have to put sensors on the body, right? So you have to wear these black suits, put the suit on, put these little reflectors on, um, stand in this, you know, multi-camera kind of setting. Uh, and these are like million-dollar labs. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and But the data that you can get from these things is just phenomenal and three-dimensional. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, running this Vicon, like, wow, like, what I can see with my eyes, I can only really see one plane at a time. I can kind of extrapolate what's happening in the transverse plane overhead, but it's very difficult as a practitioner, even with a very trained eye, to know what's going on globally in all dimensions, right? We call this triplanar movement, right? Three planes of movement. Uh, and, and so very limiting. So, But I thought, hey, this is really cool data. And then fast forward going to chiropractic school, uh, and, and training under, you know, Craig Liebenson while I was in Los Angeles, which was an incredible, incredible experience, just realizing, like, hey, we are so limited with what we can see as practitioners. And, and wouldn't it be cool if we had like a Vicon-like lab in our clinics, right? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? But you think about the cost, the time, the lack of efficiency in setting those systems up. So that really started to get the wheels going for me. And this happened in about my, it was in my last year of chiropractic college 
of starting to look at different solutions and and uh, after a lot of research and a lot of uh, uh, you know trying different prototypes, we we came to the realization that we could use a commercially available 3D sensor, which at that time was the Xbox camera, believe it or not, the Kinect wow. camera, and we could we could write a software and we could actually start to track things like range of motion of a joint. We could start to then develop posture, three dimensional posture. So no longer that you know do people have to stand in front of grids and take pictures or things like that. We we get three dimensions and that's now evolved to multiple different modules in our system that where we can analyze functional movement, uh, balance, um, all sorts of different assessments that are that are functional assessments. We can then treat the patient and then we can reassess. So just like my my mentor Craig Liebenson always said, it's 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 it, it's assess, treat, reassess, always, 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 and. And I think that doesn't matter what type of practitioner you are, whether you're just, uh, you, you know, doing, um, you know, uh, chiropractic manipulations and adjustments um, because of your philosophy or whether you're doing, you know, functional movement rehab. Uh, it's about validating. It's about validating the change that we make. And as chiropractors, we've seen through the data, man, do we make incredibly, incredibly amazing changes, huge changes to the neuromuscular system with whatever type of, of treatment we use. Yeah, it's really cool. And just so the audience, first of all, the audience needs to check out your website. It's kineticense.com. So K-I-N-E-T, right? I-S-E-N-S-E.com. Thank you. Check it out because it's almost hard to picture what Ryan is talking about, but essentially the camera is evaluating the patient that's in front of you. And there are there are these virtual markers that are on the patient that you're looking at through a computer screen, running through these functional assessments that gives you an incredible amount of data and insight as to how that patient is moving. And so um, you just gotta check it out. Cause you, and it's, yeah, these little camera, it's like a little, in, 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 what is it called? Intel it's camera? Called, yeah, it's called the Intel RealSense. So I was saying how we started with the Kinect camera, which was kind of, you know, a Big. brick of a camera, right? Yeah. It had to actually sit on a tripod. Well, this little guy here is the new technology we have that actually just suction cup mounts on the on back computer. of your computer. And you take it from room yeah. to room and, and no wearables required. So we don't yeah, have to put great. anything on the patient. So it's start, stop, it's fast. It, it fits perfectly into the busy clinical flow of a practitioner. Yep, it's a beautiful thing. And again, you know, in the spirit of data, and Brad, I know that you you can completely align with this. The data that's being collected and will be collected over time in aggregate will be very good for the profession, for the patients that we serve, for preventing injury, for the for the general public that we can start to use. So there's so many applications. You know, I have great expectations in the future of tying some of that to the the, the SnapHX tool where you literally can click on that. And, it, you know, we're looking at compression issues right at this moment in time because you start looking at all the x-rays, all the labs and everything. It's It gets huge. But so just let me ask a couple of questions. So in the camera, just that single camera is taking those three axle planes uh, that you're recording, correct? Yeah, that's that, that's exactly true. So again, you know, the, the triplane our data is the key because if we're missing a plane, like we like, let's say the overhead view, the transverse plane, which is very common if we're just doing visual assessments as clinicians, we find that the majority of the compensatory patterns that a patient will have are actually in that transverse plane, right? So rotational compensations. 
And, and so this picks that up. So this little sensor here is kind of cool because it actually has high definition, a high definition camera built into it. It has a sonar-like camera in there too. So the sonar acts as, as gives, gives us that depth perception. Depth, yeah. The depth, and that's the key because that's how we can extrapolate that overhead transverse view based on depth. And then Kinetosense shows that in a very easy to understand way where we see the axes of the shoulders, the hips, we see the placement of the feet, and we can extrapolate and show that on the screen in real time and give that biofeedback and say, hey, you know what, that's a scoliotic patient because look at how much rotation difference we see from the shoulder plane to the hip plane. And then as we treat, we say, wow, that's really squaring up. We can also see lateral deviations of center of mass, all of these little minute details. So it picks it up to a fraction of a millimeter. And that's that's one of the things that we've been working hard, 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 hard over the last five years is we got to make this incredibly accurate. And, and, and we've actually figured out a way with this motion engine that we have to take out any outlier data in real time that comes in from the sensor. Because this is something being used, you know, clinically, obviously, but in WCB workers' compensation, uh, legal cases, things like that, this data is being used. So having that, that real high accuracy in all three planes. So it took it's so you, impressive. Is it, it took you about five years to develop that engine then, right? Uh, correct, to refine it, exactly. So this is, a, this is a layer that, again, we take that raw data from the camera and, 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 the, and the SDK. The SDK is, is uh, basically the software that allows us to, to, to locate and track the different joints of the body. And then adding, you know, advanced smoothing layers into that without slowing down the speed of the camera because we want to be able to not only analyze but have the real-time biofeedback so that if someone's on a screen being analyzed, they can see themselves and the practitioner can actually do correctives with that patient as they're being assessed. So it was a, it was an arduous task because early on when we were adding a lot of these filters, there was a delay that would happen, a slight delay between the movement and the capture. And uh, we figured out a way to, to circumvent that, to get around it, but still get very, you know, reliable, tri-plan our data. So as a business guy, did you do that? I mean, did you become a programmer and do that? Did you bring on team members that did that programming? Or how did you do that from a business perspective? Yeah, you know, from, from a business perspective, yeah, yeah, really good question. So I, I'm a I'm a practitioner, uh, obviously at heart, um, and uh, so I knew that I was when I was doing when I was looking at different technologies and trying to put together prototypes. I knew that I was really in over my head, and it's actually funny because I'm a I play a lot of tennis, and tennis is is my favorite sport. I was actually at the tennis club, and I knew that one of the other members of the tennis club was uh, was a computer junkie. And uh, a tech guy, that's David. Jay, I don't know if you've ever met David, but he's, he was the co-founder. No. Um, and I asked him, I said, can you help me? I'm trying to get some data out of these sensors. And at that time, I was playing around with wearables. This was really early on in the game. And, 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 uh, and then it evolved into, hey, let's do this from a markerless standpoint. And, and when we did that, we then kind of scoured the universe online for you know trying to find a developer that knew not only how to do this this specialized coding but specialized coding for movement assessment which is very very specialized like it's super high-end coding and we found this group in greece believe it or not and wow. um so we started with them and, and and we started developing and we got our first prototype and uh 
and then from from there on in, we then brought more developers on board, and and uh, and so we have three now that are in house that are very very highly trained in this specific coding. Uh, that are now doing this for us. So that's how we, I, I would never do coding. It was crazy. I was actually on a flight with, with our head, with our, with our head coder uh, of Kineticense and, and we're sitting beside each other on the plane. And I said, man, I'm like, you know, we got to add this functionality. We, like it's something that's on my wish list. I, I thought about this last night. It came to me. We, can we add this type of functionality into our balance test? And uh, you know, he's like, he kind of looks at me and, and um I don't know if you know coders. They're, they're just a different kind of group. But anyways, he kind of looks at me awkwardly, pulls out his laptop, and just starts plucking away at his keyboard. <laughs> and I'm watching this happen in real time. And Jay, you've probably seen this before, right? Oh, I, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's like another language, man. It was like... Uh, Arabic and something else. And kind Chinese, of Mandarin, yeah. And Chinese, yeah. And Mandarin. <laughs> Yeah, all in one, and and that's that's when I was like, okay, yeah, my any aspirations I had of learning any basic coding, I'm just like, I'm just gonna let the experts do this and concentrate on what I'm good at. Yeah, Jay but probably exactly. Cool. Jay probably hadn't told you, but half of my team are developers, programmers, coders. I, I, we live in that world in my technology company. They they are special people. I love oh, them to death, yeah. but they have yes. they have those focused personalities. I think that's the best way to describe it, that that makes them unique in what they can do. I, I know in our programmatic code for the clearinghouse, you know, it is it is long, like millions and millions of lines of code. And sometimes just to find where, where they need to edit the code can take hours to do that. Now, it's getting much more refined with the libraries and how they do it, but that's pretty amazing. Guys, we're coming up against a break. Let's do that. We'll be back. In just a few minutes, uh, we're talking to Ryan Comey with our host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more times with their patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Well, Jay, that was great. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was actually concerned that you might not understand Ryan because he is from Canada. He speaks Canadian. You're from Oklahoma. You speak Oklahoma in, and I'm just like I was, I was concerned that you guys wouldn't be able to like understand each other. But so far, so good. You, you're just trying to get me back for the poodle dog thing, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, and he's getting me for the man bunny. That's he's getting back to me on that. Yeah, one. exactly. Yeah, well, I gotta not, have my fun too, fellas. It's not just a man bun. In Jay's case, it would be a curly man bun. So that that's another whole level of girliness beyond the man bun. You know. <laughs> 
Hey, girls love my curls. All right, let's just it let's is. just I gotta say admit, like it is. The they, girls love my curls. You, you could almost rock like a Kenny G kind of thing if you got it a little bit longer, right, and tied it back and let a, let a few of them kind of you know sit in the front there, <laughs> tangle down. You know, Kenny G all the way. Kenny yeah. G. I can get myself a clarinet. I'm good. <laughs> you know, when we are traveling next week, Jay, we gotta get you a fake oboe and we could walk into that same bar where we met the ladies from the pair, you know, that were oh, yes. <laughs> I bet somebody would take you for Kenny G. There's no question about that. They might. You never know. That's or walk in my guitar and I'm like Sammy Agar. Yeah, you never that's know. Right. Well, that's right. That's right. I think Absolutely. you're a little more you're a little more Kenny G than Sammy. I'm afraid, Jay. You're, you're, just like perfect, shit, bro. you're like a perfect I'm, I'm blend. So, <laughs> perfect dude, blend. I am so far away from Kenny G. I hate <laughs> jazz. Like I hate jazz with a passion. Like I would rather listen to any music than jazz. So no, I'm not accepting the Kenny G reference <laughs> at all. Sammy Hagar is. Yeah, Ron, I appreciate Sammy you. Sammy Hagar it is. I appreciate you being on my side here, buddy. I, I do. Hey, before 100%. I want to ask Ron some business questions, <laughs> but why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and ask a little bit more sure. about the technical side of it? So really our audience, and, and they may not have any exposure to this, Jay, so drill down into it where yeah. we can grab it and understand it. Well, I think it's obvious now, hopefully for the audience that, you know, you can obviously assess patients in your office with this, you know, leading edge, leading edge technology, but there's other applications and I'm, I'm like a huge fan and I'm very passionate around chiropractors leading the way in injury prevention. Um, because I think, first of all, socially, we have a responsibility to do it. Um, and if we have the tools and we've got the training, we need to help these injuries from occurring in the first place. I mean, nothing is more disheartening than seeing young athletes, especially not, you know, get injured, not be able to participate in sports, the social impact that it has for them, but just the lifelong impact that it has as well. And it's, it's, it's very, it's very negative on their lives. So Ryan, talk to us about how you and your team and the multitude of customers that you have use this technology to um, to, to screen athletes, to do prevention, uh, how they take it out in the community to, to create impact? Yeah, no, absolutely. Great question. And, and that's, that's really the piece of the, of the software that, um, or the, the technology that we love is that it allows these practitioners, these, these different groups to, to really expand. We, we say expand the walls of your clinic, right? Or your facility. And we always yeah. think of, you know, our clinics as these brick and mortar facilities and that patients have to come to us. They have to come to our facility to then get assessed and treated. And, and I, you know, I, I, uh, I really question that mindset. And I think it's a mindset that is going to evolve in our practitioner world, you know, in, in, in the future that we're actually going to start to do community outreach with assessment. And we're already starting to see that happen. And, a lot of the groups that are using Kineticense uh, to their to their full advantage are starting to get out into the community and do things like like CAMS assessments, which is our functional movement screen. Um, I'll start with that. You know, just just speaking about our movement screen. You know, twelve movements that are triplanar that you move in different you know different move, uh, 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 planes of movement. That then our system collects all of that data on their compensation patterns and then pairs that with some of the leading research that's out there to know what is normal, what is abnormal, uh, what is considered compensatory, what is considered to be less compensatory, and being able to score those individuals for the overall functional movement. Um, but then on top of that, our system allows to be able to planar, planar map, we call it functional planar mapping, to be able to tell the practitioner what joints and in which planes we need to do stability 
or mobility, right? So indexing them and also putting the functional planar mapping on there. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's super remarkable. Yeah. And also just really quick, when you say, I just don't want this point to be kind of understated. You, you mentioned they, they get scored, but there's literally a score that shows up for the patient and the provider to see. So they kind of know where they are because patients many times don't understand what's happening when they're getting their exam. But this clearly tells them what their level of function is. And I think that's groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's a little bit different than, you know, like the SF, SFMA and FMS and really, you know, they are the grandfathers of, of this type of mindset. So oh, yeah. we owe so much to them 100%. Uh, with looking at, you know, how the body works as a dynamic, you know, three-dimensional entity. And uh, it's changed the way of, of how we look at, you know, movement as practitioners and injury. We're, we're not so much joint-centric or focused all the time on the joint of pain or dysfunction. We start to look at how it ties into the rest of the body. So... CAMS is one of those tools that, that is just powerful where you could take a team and you can run them through. It takes three minutes to do an assessment. And the amount of data and output that you get for, for, that, for that athlete or, or that individual is phenomenal. And then being able to then look at trend data, right? I want to know. I don't, I don't just want one assessment. I don't just want a baseline. But I want to know how is that athlete progressing throughout the course of their season with intervention, uh, with, with advanced training um, over the course of that. So then we can start to see the trend lines over time. Are they moving to a better functionality from zero to 100? Are they moving away from functionality? Did all of a sudden, did they get an injury and, uh, and that injury put them in a compensation mode of movement that they're so far away from their baseline when they were healthy that we need to be able to get them back to a point before they're released and cleared to play. Yeah, right. So they don't get re-injured again. So those, that trend data is just everything. And, and, and it's so valuable for, for the athletes that are looking for performance because performance and injury are on the same, they're on the same spectrum. spectrum. Yep. 100%. Same spectrum. You know, you're either moving towards better functionality, better performance, or you're moving towards more compensation and higher risk of injury, non-contact injury usually, but even, even pertains to contact injuries too. Sure. Uh, to a certain degree with how you can protect yourself when you do get hit or, or, or what have you. So, so that's one of the areas. The, the other really cool module that we have is the, uh, is the single leg hop test. Now this is we did it this, past, this past weekend. Did yeah. You guys do it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. So the research tells us that we can actually, with a single leg hop test, which is basically having an athlete hop on one leg, uh, we can start to get a lot of information on, on their ability to stabilize their femur, tibia, their, their ankle, uh, all of this. And, and it gives us insights as to what their risk of a non-contact ACL injury is, right? So it's the 10th most common injury that we see in sports, ACL injuries. But it's probably one of the most devastating injuries that we can have our young athletes sustain. Yep, 100%. Yeah, we're, you know, and right up there with concussions, right? Yep, 100%. So, so when this happens in our youth, uh, it, it can be a year before they're able to return if they have surgery. Um, and if they do return, they usually come with a whack load of compensations because of the process of the rehab that they, they start to get a, this sequelae of, of other injuries, right? Whether it's, you know, your, their, their ankle, their hip. Uh, and some of these, some of these athletes, after they have an ACL injury, never return. They never yeah. go back to sport again. Yeah. So imagine the power of being able to pick that up early when they're healthy, right? But compensating. Uh, and then being able to give glute stability exercises, being able to change their, their gait, their running pattern, 
Uh, proprioception. Speed, proprioception, get the ankle mobility increased, their hip mobility, yep. and, and be able to show that and screen a healthy individual uh, is really the game changer because as clinicians, especially chiropractors, the majority of our patients are pain patients, are, are they not? Yeah. There's already been an injury or there, there's pain. This opens the door to a whole new aspect of the clinical experience where we can start to screen these healthy individuals, performance-based, right? And have that nice balance, performance-based, but also if an injury occurs, hey, guess what? Dr. Como or, or Dr. Greenstein has my baseline to what I was when I was healthy. I have this injury now. Guess what? I'm going back to him now because I need to compare I need to see how much I've dropped. And then I need to build myself up again to at least be at that baseline level or surpass. And, and that's where the data becomes so empowering. And the compliance of the patient and their buy-in to the program and everything just goes to a whole new level. Um, so yeah, it's really patient, exciting. Pa- patients who see the who see themselves, and it's that biofeedback that you mentioned, patients who see themselves and can see dysfunction are going to be more adherent to their care plan because they can see it, not just feel it, but they can see it. They're actually consciously aware of like, oh, my movement is poor. And in fact, with the soccer professionals that we that we screened last weekend, like one of my doctors said, you know, God, these guys all have limited ankle mobility. And these, these are elite athletes, but like we've got to do something to address that issue. So without the equipment, we, we would not have been able to do it in the ways in the ways that we were able to do it so effectively because mm-hmm. we had kinetoscence. So it is remarkable. I'm curious to know, speaking of remarkable, you've had an amazing journey, Ryan. And, and I know this is just the beginning for you and, and your impact on the world. But but what has been what has been like the most remarkable experience for you up to this point? Yeah, um, so I, I have two actually. One is one is on the on the sports performance side of things, and the other one's on the clinical side of things. Uh, I'll start with the sports performance side. Um, so one of the first teams, uh, professional sports teams, that reached out to start using Kinetosense, and you know, pretty much in the exact same way that I was describing with cams and being able to track their athletes through injuries and throughout the season, uh, was the Atlanta Braves baseball team. So as uh, as part of our agreement with them, they they uh, they agreed to to fly our fly our team our team Kinetosense out to Atlanta, and be able to spend time with with uh, with their professional sports organization, all their players, and uh, so cool and with the screens. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And uh, that's awesome. So we got to do that two years. Hold on, ago. did you have a private jet? Did they send the private jet? No, we didn't. Like, have, we didn't. You got to you got to go jet. coach. Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. Right. But well, they hey, did, look, at they, least they, they paid for it. Good, they took good care of us and they put us in a, a great hotel. And But just being able to be around these players. And and uh, the cool thing was, is we did this two years in a row. So the second time, the players were, were accustomed to us. And, and uh, you know, Mike Soroka, who's, uh, I don't know if you've heard that name before, but he's kind of the up-and-comer pitcher, one of the up-and-comer pitchers for the Atlanta Braves. And he's actually Canadian, believe it or not. Wow. Um, so we assessed him, you know, the first year and he was just kind of making his way into the league at that point. And uh, and, and he, he heard that we were Canadians. So we were like, hey, you know, we're, we're talking all Canadian and, you know, every talking about hosers, hosers, hosers and, and A's. And, you know, we, <laughs> it, it was it was pretty crazy. And then the second year. <laughs> We're about to we're about to assess Mike Soroka, who is he's an all star now. I mean, he's just a wow. phenomenal pitcher. Um, he pulls up his he pulls up his pants a little bit as we're about to assess assess him, and he's got these bright red 
Go Canada in his socks that he's wearing. And he says, I knew you Canadians were coming back. He's like, I, I wore these socks just for you guys. <laughs> I, I had to represent. So that, that's you know, awesome. Just little things like that has just been phenomenal and, and getting to know those guys. So, so that's, that's, that's one of the, yeah, that was on the sports performance side. Probably the, 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 the best clinical uh, um, highlight, I think, for us was, was when the Mayo Clinic contacted us and everyone knows about the Mayo Clinic and, and decided to use Kineticense as their assessment tool of choice for biomechanics. That That's was amazing. A huge validating experience for us and, and, um, and really cool that we can be a piece, a, a technology piece in their suite of technologies that, you know, are really helping people in need that really need that help. Uh, you know, because yeah, the Mayo Clinic is is really the gold standard for that that quality of healthcare. So, yeah, well, congratulations, brother! Thing. I'll tell you what, you know, people listening to this and they hear your story, like, oh, okay, five years working on it, got some coders, whatever. Like, they don't understand like the amount of effort and blood, sweat, tears, mm-hmm. like all of that that has gone into what you're building. And evolving. And I just want the audience to know, like, it's not just a quick story. I mean, people's lives and hearts and brains and their teams, minds and hearts and brains get, go into this, you know, full bore. And it's, mm. it's a journey. It's not like you snap your fingers and then it happens. So congratulations. And it's well deserved. Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely not it, it's a passion driven endeavor. And uh, yeah. if it wasn't, I would have stopped a long time ago. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you hear that from that, you hear that from all entrepreneurs. It's got to be a passion, or, yeah. or you would have stopped a long time ago. Ryan, uh, we went a little bit long. I didn't want to interrupt Jay, but I've got some other questions I want to ask. You've been talking a lot about sports, you and Jay, but I'd like to investigate. Have, have you done this in some other areas? Let's take a short break, and we'll come back uh, and ask those questions. All right. The Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patients. Through the new built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plan. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Well, Jay, it's been a great conversation with Ryan. I uh, I did not want to interrupt you guys before we go. The information and the sports-related stories were just outstanding. But, yeah, super cool stuff. Yeah, but Ryan, I want to ask the question. You talk so much about the sports, but... Man, what kept coming back to my mind was, has this been applied to like geriatric patients? Can, can you do this assessment for joint replacement and things as you get older? Have, have you done that or is that an expectation or does it not apply in that scenario? Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's a great question, Brad. And, um, you know, to, to, you know, kind of go back to the foundations of Kineticense, we, we are a clinical tool at heart. Uh, that's really the core. That's the core of our company. Um, the sports piece was something that evolved, you know, a lot after CAMS. It, it, you know, the functional movement piece that clinicians would use, but then obviously evolved and and was something that was accurate enough with our motion capture engine and what we were doing to to apply, you know, all over, especially professional sports, amateur sports. Uh, there, when we're assessing biomechanics, the way we are. 
it applies to so many different markets, so many different markets. Um, you know, the healthcare market that you're, that you're speaking of, geriatric risk of fall, for instance, that is something that, that we're, we're doing a very strong collaboration with a couple of universities here in Canada and, and one in, in the U.S., the, the, uh, the MUSC, so the Medical University of South Carolina is, is on board with this, where we're actually creating a robot, portable robot movement system for tele-rehab. So this allows the practitioner to be able to control a robot thousands of kilometers. I should say kilometers. There's my Canadian. <laughs> thousands Can of translate <laughs> that into Oklahoma. That's right. Uh, that's a couple thousand miles. Thousand miles exactly. Yes, that's the conversion. So so thousands of miles away and be able to do advanced biomechanical assessments of 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 you know any type of patient, but specifically the the elderly geriatric population. Right. So we know that. Uh, falls are are devastating to these people. And over the age of 65, 50% of these people that fall and fracture their hip uh, will pass away within one year. Like it's just unbelievable stats. So we're working on a, on a special uh, module actually per, uh, that, that has a risk of fall workflow built into it. So it has our balance uh, component built into it, a sit to stand test, a gait analysis test, that will take all of that data and be able to give you a fall risk score and allow the practitioner to triage that patient and say, hey, you're you're a wellness candidate or you we need to actually do more intervention with you and also help with the decisions of, you know, does this person need to be in assisted living facility? Uh, what level of facility do they have to be in and what do we have to do to prevent that fall from happening? So that's just one example. Um, knee arthroplasty, hip arthroplasty, we're doing a bunch of work with creating custom modules there. But it's really cool because the way that we set up Kineticense is it's, it's, it's got these modules of different assessment types you can do. And a lot of times to do specific types of, of, of uh, workflows, whether it's risk of fall or whether it's you know, post-arthroplasty, we just pull different pieces, different modules together and make a custom workflow. And then we have to put the wrapping around it with the with the data. So so based on the research, what are considered to be our markers for each one of our inputs to then create a proper output, if that makes sense? What is the normative range of sway? What is the normative range of the knee joint in this in gait? What is uh, what is the cadence of gait? What, what's the velocity of step? Just all of these little things. We then wrap around and provide that advanced output that has everything indexed. So as a practitioner, I can make that I can make that decision. So so we are we are getting into that space. We have some real great partners in the U.S. Uh, in Europe. Uh, Australia that are that are part of this endeavor, and uh, and and so that's an, that's an area that we're going into on the healthcare side. Um, the other really interesting market for for this for Kineticense is the corporate wellness side of things, right? So it's the the assessment, the pre-employment screenings, the assessment uh, reassessment after injury of employees, uh, because this is something that you can have in in you know the HR department. And have the employees, you know, get get analyzed, um, and so that that's been an area that we've been, in, uh, you know, tapping into. I'd say in about the last year or two through one of our our major partners in Australia called Longitude Six, and they're working with some very large companies. I I, I won't name them here, 
but they're using Kinetisense technology to be able to, to make these advanced reports for them and, and give insights into the functionality and risk of injury of their employees, which has saved Phenomenal. these corporations a ton of money. Um, you know, one employee goes down on average, it's about fifty to $70,000 a year that, it, that the company will lose because you have to re- retrain another employee or you have to pay for the, the rehabilitation, all of that for them. It, it's just unbelievable. So we're going to the insurance rates go up too, Ryan. Then they just 100%. jack up your insurance rates. Your insurance so yeah, it's, rates. it's a so very expensive issue. Very expensive issue. But, you know, uh, I, I guess from a macrocosmic level with all of this, Brad, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create an ecosystem that's data driven, right? So we're trying to have these different pieces of the ecosystem, whether it's corporate wellness, whether it's veterans affairs in the military, uh, whether it's, you know, professional amateur sports, but then, the you know, having the practitioners as the leaders of that ecosystem. But at the center of the ecosystem is always the patient or the client, I, I, agree. That. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's sort of how we've switched and changed all our data. We have huge data inputs, and that's one of the reasons I ask that. One of the things that we see in our data is is risk of fall and then followed up by joint replacement. And then you see, especially at the wrong age, you see in that hospitalization for that, they get sepsis and many times lose their life not just go through long treatment processes, but lose their life. And I think that that's why it kept coming back to my mind. But I love all of those different microcosms that you're talking about of that fitting into. And Jay, the other one's great. We've been talking about you and I've been talking a lot is about value-based healthcare and, and fall risk assessment is a huge component of value-based care. Uh, and, and could, that could be a key for what we've been talking about and, and something we really need to keep into our minds. Uh, Ryan, that that's just amazing stuff. I again, I could sit here and talk to you for another hour. Also, just how we could integrate data, what we're doing on the on the data level for patients and their overall healthcare, uh, and maybe in the future there might be some synergy there that we could do. Jay, let's ask Ryan a little bit uh, some personal questions here about a uh, wife and children. Ryan, are you married? I am yes, happily married for eleven years. Kids, two li- two little girls. Yes, I have a a six year old and a and a and a three year old. So two girls and uh, loves of my life. They they are just uh, they, they they keep me going. So it's amazing awesome. when we when we talk to all these entrepreneurs <laughs> and business guys. You know, their kids seem to be the center of their life, and and that's how they all describe them: the love of their life. Kind of a point. That's just sort of an interesting where we spend hundreds of hours a week. It seems like it's it's hard to imagine why you know those those little critters grab our hearts and hold on to them. Yeah, well, it, it's good it stuff. Totally is. It is. And you know what? It's it's um and I'll I'll say this to all the entrepreneurs that are out there. You you make you make them the priority, and you hear this all the time, but you really do make them the priority, and it actually drives a lot of energy for you to 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 get into your other endeavors and your and your business endeavors. And and I had uh, I had a mentor tell me that once, probably the the the, the best piece of advice I've ever had in my life. Uh, because if you can fill yourself up through your, your family, it'll give you so much more energy. And when you start to feel low on energy, which we all do as entrepreneurs, that's time to, to kick back into the, into the family time. It's amazing how that works. That's great advice. That's yeah. awesome advice. I love that. Yeah. So, okay, Ryan. So um, question for you. Yeah. Where is the one place in the world that if you could only visit one place in the world that you'd go to? 
Oh, man. One place in the world. It's a place that I've never been to before or a place that I've been to before, Jay? Your call, brother. It's your place. It's just one place. Okay. Just give us, the, give us the why. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I would say the, the island of Capri is the place that, uh, that I, I've been there once before. It was only a really, really short stay. Um, I'd never felt the way I felt when I was on on the island of Capri. There's something magical there, and people that have been there would, would attest to that. And uh, so that's my that's my favorite place. The water is emerald Amazing. green. Amazing! It's yeah. Wow! Unbelievable! Yeah. So if you, it's it, it's my favorite place in the world. And Brad, it sounds like you've been there too because you gave him the thumbs up. I have been, yes. Uh, I've not actually been onto the island, but right where you take the boat to go out to the island in that area, it is beautiful. I'm just, that part of Italy is just, man, when you look off of those cliffs onto the ocean, the water, I've got pictures I'll show you sometimes, Jay. The water is just a color that you cannot, uh, you can't describe sometime, and the the beauty is unbelievable. So, Uh, So, Ryan, are you Italian? Are you Italian? No, I'm not Italian. I'm French, oh, unfortunately. You're French, okay. So. Guys, I found out that I was Italian, <laughs> and I'm also Indian. I am. Uh-huh, I, really? I did my 23 of me, yep. Okay. So I'm 98% Ashkenazi Jew, go figure. Right? <laughs> Who would have thought? But I do have like 2% Italian, and I've got like one, like 0.3%, I'm like 0.3 or something like that, really, really small percentage Indian. But I love Indian food, and I love Italian food, so that explains it. It makes complete sense. Yeah, you're eating through genetic code, right? That's 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 right. That's exactly right, brother. So where did you learn that, Jay? 23andMe. 23andMe. Yeah. You know, 23andMe got sued many years ago for for, uh, all the false uh, DNA tests that they had. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what you're telling me is I might not be Italian or (laughs) anything? Maybe maybe you're like 90% Canadian. Maybe. You never know. False false results. Maybe that's why we... Maybe that's why we connect so well, Jay. Yeah, I listen, I love Canada, so it could be possible. It could be very possible. Salt Spring Island, one of my favorite places on the planet. So what part of Canada hey, right are you on? If you yeah. What part of Canada are you in, Ron? Um, so we're in a we're in a town, we're in a town called Medicine Hat. We we're about three hours away from uh, Calgary would be the biggest center. So for those of you that don't do not know where Alberta is, we are directly above Montana. And if you don't know where Montana is, <laughs> I, I can't help you. And you know, funny story, when I was going to school in Los Angeles for chiropractics, uh, chiropractics um, 90% of my classmates, they were American, and I would say, they would say, okay, where, where, is, where is Alberta? And I would tell them it's above Montana. They'd have no clue where Montana was. I was like, wow, <laughs> oh, wow. It is. But <laughs> I've got crazy stories. I've got clients in Montana and Wind River, Wyoming, that are Native American, and my first experience of there, I flew into Billings one night very, very late. It was during the dead of winter, and I'd never been to that part of the United States. And I woke up the next morning, it was like 20 below zero, and I had to drive out to this uh, Native American hospital facility about two hours away from Billings. And man, I saw parts of rivers that had frozen and broken up that were like three foot thick of ice, and I just... It blew my mind being an Oklahoma boy, you know, of how cold does it have to get to freeze water three foot thick? It was beautiful. Yeah, it gets it gets chilly. It uh, definitely does get chilly. That's why we, we we play a lot of hockey here because there's lots of ice around. And um, yeah, we tend to we have beautiful summers here though, so it's kind of cool. We 
we kind of pay the price in the winter, but the summertime comes and it's just phenomenal. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful, I also love Banff. Banff is great too. Oh. I've never, it's on my list, but Beautiful. Yeah, I've been to Quebec City and love Quebec City. I, that's uh, one of my favorite, my wife and I's favorite spots to go. That's beautiful yep. there. Well, Jay, uh, we're at yes, the, sir. We're, we're at the end, buddy. It's, oh it man, just, really? Yeah, it I'm just happens. So I was just quick. warming up, guys. <laughs> it happens just so quick. But Ryan, you're one. You're one we want to come back. I yes, I want to hear from you in a year and and see how much further. And there's some cool things. I was talking with one of our other guests the other day about creating this national uh, de-identified database to put a lot of this patient information in so we could run AI on it and look at national standards for doctors to be able to go to and say, here is the benchmark we should be. It sounds like you could be a big part of that. So, Well, we do. We have lots of assessments already. And I think, you know, next time we have a, a chat, we can even share some of the findings that we've seen with that meta de-identified data. And, and uh, it'd be, that's, that's the compelling stuff. You know, the changes we make, we don't even realize. It, they are so powerful. And sharing some of that with, our, with, with some of the listeners would be great. And we didn't even get into the look dashboard i'm very curious about how the dashboard oh, looks how you can you, how, i'm sure you, you can right. rotate that that image and look at it from any plane and that would be amazing and i could see and, and i got buddies here at oklahoma state university and the athletic co-head coaches and stuff that might be fascinating to see from an ethic from a college athletic they do a lot of research they actually were looking with their football players at night they wired their beds with sleep sensors they wore the blue blocking glasses to get them to sleep. And they found in that research that they did that the students, that the athletes that actually got a full eight hours of sleep performed like 30% better than those that weren't sleeping through the night. It was just an amazing. So they made them all, they made them all start being part of this study to do that. It was a pretty interesting study. Well, listen, That's Ryan, cool. thank you for joining us. Jay, I mean, what do we... What do we say? It's it's just another one up and gone, and just tomorrow another Friday, will be another Friday. Another Friday. Thanks, Ryan. Thank that you. was awesome, brother. See you guys yeah. later. Appreciate you. Have a Thank great weekend. So From myself, Brad Cost, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Have a good day. See y'all. Come on. And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk.